Support for this podcast is provided by SHL. From talent acquisition through to talent management, SHL's science and technology maximise the potential of your greatest asset, your people. SHL help you create the diverse, agile and innovative workforce you need to succeed in an unpredictable environment. Their data-driven people insights, unmatched portfolio of products, engaging experiences built on science and global expert services are all delivered on one platform for all your people answers. Visit shl.com to learn more about how SHL can unlock the potential of your workforce. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 370 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It's an absolute delight to be back. After a slightly longer summer podcasting break than I was anticipating, I've very nearly finished my book. And most importantly, I've put a lot of time into planning the future of Recruiting Future. The first thing to announce is that there will now be a full transcript of each episode in the show notes, which will make RecruitingFuture.com more accessible and more searchable. The transcripts start from episode 369 onwards. I'll have more exciting news to share in the coming weeks, so keep listening and make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. So on with episode 370. Earlier in the year, myself and my longtime collaborator, Mervyn Dinan, partnered with the team at SHL on a piece of research into the future of candidate experience. We have identified six key shifts in thinking, which will help employers deliver an exceptional candidate experience and have published all our findings in a new white paper. To talk through the six shifts, I'm delighted to welcome one of my co-authors on the white paper, Sam Whiteman, Head of Solutions at SHL. Enjoy the interview and please download the white paper once you've had a listen. Hi, Sam, and welcome back to the podcast. Matt, thanks so much for having me back. I appreciate it. An absolute pleasure to, to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell us what you do for uh, people who may not have heard you speak before? Sure. Uh, my name's Sam Whiteman. I'm with SHL. I lead our talent acquisition solutions. Uh, I was on the podcast maybe, I think, 12 or 18 months ago, uh, Matt, and I know time has stood still in some ways, but a, a lot's <laughs> happened since we last spoke and really excited to come onto the podcast as a as a guest uh, on top of being a uh, frequent listener. Yes, I think it was middle of the first part of the pandemic and we were sort of really talking about what effect it was having on on recruiting and, and talent markets um, around the world. And, and that probably be a good place to start this conversation, actually. Just sort of really interesting. Obviously, in the work that you do, you, you, you talk to employers and see what's happening all over the world. Where have we got to now? We're recording this beginning of August 2021. You know, what's everyone thinking? What's everyone doing? Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting. I think uh, at the start of COVID, no one really knew what was going to happen and any predictions were sort of wrong in a number of different ways. Um, but I, I, th I think what was really interesting from a recruiting point of view was the resilience of recruiting teams first and foremost um, and the ability to move 
operations and move how they looked at candidates and candidate pipelines, um, just even simply from in-house interviews to virtual interviews. So I think there was a great um, there was a great show of resilience by teams in terms of that adaptation. I think the other couple of things that were really interesting for us, influenced by external events, um, huge huge focus on diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so we've done a lot. We've done a lot of work with our clients in terms of sort of making sure that that's a forefront. It's at the forefront of the outcomes that they're looking for when they're using SHL, which is great. And then on top of that, just knowing that um, the market isn't one market. It has sort of bifurcated a little bit depending on what kinds of roles you're looking at. But the candidate experience, obviously, which is what we're going to be talking about, is is more critical than ever to get good candidates off the market. There are good candidates out there looking for jobs. There's also, with the with the move to remote, there's also a wash of, of new candidates who um, think they might be interested in particular roles or particular careers. And so there's actually been a flood of applicants in a number of different careers uh, or a number of different roles. And so understanding how to engage uh, and excite those candidates, which might be new into the talent pool, I think has been a really big opportunity for the recruiting leaders that we've talked to across the globe. It's such an interesting time and there's there, there's so much going on and especially in terms of people sort of planning for the for the future and, and, and how we move how we move forward from from here. One of the things we've also done since we since we sort of last spoke on the podcast is we have recently collaborated on a white paper. So with with SHL and with also my good friend and longtime collaborator Mervyn Dinan. And we sort of worked together to really look at the the candidate experience in the context of, of what's going on today and how employers should be thinking about it and what's happening. Obviously, the candidate experience is something that we've been talking about for decades now. But I think the, the key thing about it is it is an ever-evolving process, an ever-evolving situation. And it obviously is affected by the, the market and by technology and everything else that's that's going on. I suppose by way of introduction to the white paper, you know, what are your sort of views on candidate experience at the moment? Where where do you think it is from what your clients are doing and saying? Yeah, so I think I think there's been a real shift from our clients and recruiting leaders that we talk to in terms of understanding what the opportunity is. And so I think for a number of years where there, there might might have been an education component to say this is why candidate experience is important. I think I'm relatively bullish that recruiting leaders understand the opportunity in terms of a good recruiting process, a good candidate experience can actually change candidates' minds or they can create advocates for future opportunities and actually strengthen the employer brand through the process, even though statistically we know that maybe only 2 or 3% of candidates actually get through to get the final job. So I think that understanding is there. Now, Matt, whereas previously it was a bit of a, it was a bit of an education opportunity. And so I'm really heartened that, um, that people see the opportunity. And, and now we can probably move, generally speaking, to, well, how do we execute that? And how do we go after that opportunity um, for, you know, for my company, for my industry, in my country, whatever that might be? So that, that's the, that, that is a movement that I've seen, certainly in terms of the recruiting leaders that we've worked with. It, it, it's less, a case of should we, but more now, how do we? Absolutely. And I think also what's interesting is we've been talking for ages about giving candidates the, the same kind of experience that they get in the consumer world with all the, the purchases and, and services and things that they services and things that they, they interact with. And I, I think the really interesting thing that we did with this, with this white paper, this 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 piece of research is we really looked at what that meant, what some consumer companies were, were doing and identified 
six sort of key shifts that employers can think about if they want to deliver that world-class consumer experience. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's one place that we look for inspiration. I think, um, you know, we all know the the buzzword around digital transformation, but we want to make sure that that the benefits of digital transformation accrue to recruiting as well, right? And I think they have over the past number of years for for sales and marketing motions and innovations and technologies. And I think there's a real opportunity for recruiting to be, you know, sort of real fast followers and even then innovators in terms of looking at our candidate pipelines in the same way that um, that companies look at their marketing pipelines. And so um, that was one place that we looked at for inspiration if you like in terms of well how do we how do we bridge that gap between candidate experience and consumer experiences and what we did was we looked at what has been effective in consumer experiences over the last number of years and then applied that to a recruiting context so that's what we're that's what we're really excited about in terms of where we think candidate experience might go in the next 6 12 24 months so to bring this to life for people, I think let's talk through the the, the six shifts that, that we detail in the white paper, and it'd be great to really get your thoughts around them. So the first one is all about um, it's all about giving value. It's moving from candidates being passive to being interactive. Talk us through the thinking there. Yeah, I think we did a. Um, I think as an industry, we did a good job at providing information around uh, you know context for a role. Like this is you know this is what it is, and here is a link to our X policy, and you know we are in these locations and all those types of things. Some of that that there was there was good information, but maybe not that interactivity, right? Um, and so. Um, what we thought here is to, in, in terms of giving value to candidates, how can we place them in the role and how, how can we give them that realistic preview of what the job looks like, what the culture looks like, how their strengths could be applied on the job and make that an interactive experience rather than just a, a sit back experience. It's more of a lean in experience. The second one is all about em- empowering candidates. And I found this particularly interesting because it, it really fits in with a lot of the discussion that we've been having on the podcast in the in the last year about, about automation, but also about the power of working in a asynchronous um an asynchronous way and how actually the pandemic has really enabled people to think like that tell us a little bit more about that one yeah i think the great thing about this is 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 that it's a win-win for both sort of recruiting organizations and candidates as well right it's taking what used to the activities that only used to have in between 9 a.m and 5 p.m or thereabouts and making that a 24 7 operation I think the key thing there is from a, from a candidate point of view is that they're in control of that process and they can sort of fit it around their schedule in terms of what, you know, how they want to optimize their days and weeks. But from a recruiter point of view, it's, it's, it's allowing candidates to get off the market, good candidates to get off the market quickly as well. And so if, if there is a good candidate that is showing interest in your role, um, what, why should they have to wait until someone, you know, uh, logs into a system during nine to five in a particular office on a particular day just to, just to progress their application? So putting, um, putting a lot more of that empowerment, empowerment into candidates is going to help them and it's going to help recruiters um, sort of with those time to hire and quality, high to quality of hire metrics that I know they're keen on. The third one here, it kind of really appeals to my, my background in marketing because I think it's, it, it's something that perhaps we don't think of enough in, in talent acquisition. So, so it's the idea of being able to continually 
iterate something rather than just leaving it to run. So for example, candidate experience is always seen as a, as a single project, as so something you go and fix and then you sort of leave it and it runs and then you fix it again a few years later when it's um, when it's really broken. But but actually the, the technologies and the ways of working that we have now means that you, you can be making adjustments all the time in real time and be doing things like A-B testing and really using technology to really enhance the process for, for, for everyone. And I know that's something that is of a lot of interest to you as well. Yeah, I think this is going to be fascinating, a, a huge opportunity in marketing, uh, sorry, in, in recruiting that we can learn from marketing. Um, I'm sure uh, one, one of the really interesting things we looked at was sort of Netflix and, and Matt, if you and I opened a, a similar version of Netflix, we might actually get different um, titles sort of shown to us, obviously, but then the, even the pictures behind the titles um, might be different as well. And so Netflix, they're, they're, they're A-B testing the smallest things like do we show this main character or that main character on the thumbnail image when Matt opens his Netflix tomorrow? Um, and they use that data to sort of to look at, well, how might that impact engagement and advocacy by using Netflix? And I think that's a, that, that's a great example of where there, we can – look at data and we can look at small things to iterate over time. It doesn't need to be, uh, I'm going to spend the next three months and waterfall my way to what candidate experience will be for the next 18 months here at company X. It can be, here are my outcomes, here are my principles, here's where I'm going to start and here's how I'm going to learn along the way. And so um, one of the things that we're really excited about is being able to use that mix of, you know, uh, of quality of higher data, of engagement data, diversity data to make sure that we're continually iterating that over time as well so i think this is uh, this is uh you know to the extent that you can have favorite uh, sort of children or shifts in a candidate experience white paper uh, this 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 could be it for me well if that one's your favorite the next one is my favorite and it's, it's, it's something you touched on there which is all it's all about personalizing experiences and i think that if we were to look at something that is likely to be a huge trend in talent acquisition and recruiting for, for the next few years, I think it's the the ability to give people a, a highly kind of personalized candidate experience is going to be one of the biggest things. I mean, talk us through your perspectives on this one. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one because from a candidate expectations, they, they sort of know that they're one of 50 or know that they're one of 100, but they still feel like they, you know, they don't want to be treated like a number as well. And so there's a number of different things that we can do during the candidate experience and the applicant process and the recruiting funnel to help bring out that personalization because it is a, you know, it, it is a moment of truth. You know, going for a job is a very sort of, you know, a, a very uh, emotional uh, milestone, I guess, for a lot of candidates. And, and they do expect the same personalization that they might get from consumer technology as well and so one of the ways in which we've applied this is around sort of feedback and giving candidates specific and personalized video feedback um, so that it can be consumable in a way that they can understand it and they get some value from it but i think um when you know when people use technologies these days that they're, they're absolutely expecting that to be tailored for them you know the algorithms are supposed to work uh and i think there's a there's a great opportunity here to make sure that you know what we can't do with a white glove, glove approach with a army of recruiters we can use technology where we have it available to bring that personalization in again the next shift really leads on from that which is all about it's all about being authentic and we, we've talked about authenticity for for a very long time when it comes 
things like social media and employer brand, but it very much tends to be talked about from a recruitment marketing perspective rather than a candidate experience perspective. How can authentic content fit into the actual candidate experience? Well, I think this is another one where if you look at sort of consumer trends and marketing trends, the rise of, you know, just someone putting a phone in front of their own face and uploading something to, you know, TikTok or Instagram Live or streaming services like Twitch, um, that content isn't like overly produced, right? It does, um, people like content that seems a bit more real than rehearsed. And I think when we were thinking about what what that, that shift might mean for recruiting and for candidates, we thought, you know, do, do candidates really want to hear from the CEO about the, you know, the 2030 vision and the five values? Maybe they do. Um, but I also think they want to hear from someone who's like doing the job that they're in. And I think it doesn't matter if it's not, if they're not lit with a perfect background three different ways in a, you know, with a boom mic. I think just getting that content in there to see what the, what the job looks like and what the reality of working at company X looks like, I think is probably more important to candidates. Um, one of the things that we will know is by using what we were talking about earlier with A-B testing, maybe we'll find out, right? So maybe graduates will, would, would prefer to hear from last year's graduate than the CEO about how important graduates are to their company. Um, that's something that we can test for. But I think there's a real shift towards, you know, show me the real stuff because I'm, I'm more likely to believe that and accept it and understand it and incorporate that into my decision making than the agency produced CEO video with, you know, beautiful music and lighting. The final shift that we talk about in the white paper is around diversity, equity and inclusion. And it's all about how companies can, can demonstrate that rather than just talking about it. What are you seeing sort of happening around that? Yeah, I think there's, I mean, there's just a, a large amount that companies can do at all touch points in the recruiting funnel. And I think I'm, I'm, I'm heartened that, you know, we've, we've come a long way and we've got a long way to go. Um, I think with this one, making sort of, sort of previously understanding and, and sort of, you know, sending someone a link to the diversity policy might have been sort of enough. But I think, I think two things have happened. One is I think sort of per some of our other shifts, like people appreciate stories more so than anything else. And also I think, I think it's going to appeal to all candidates that, or that, um, where they can understand that their candidacy is being treated fairly with rigor and some thought behind how they might level the playing field in terms of how candidates are evaluated. And so demonstrating that in the process, both with stories around what diversity looks like at that particular company and the efforts that are being put together, but then also um, sort of sort of showing that throughout the process uh, in terms of what you do, I think is really important. Well, it's been really interesting for me in the conversations that, that we've been having over the last few months is I think when, sort of traditionally when people talk about candidate experience, they're, they're talking about the the application process and kind of what happens after the assessment process in terms of people getting feedback and, and all that sort of stuff. And I think I think what's really interesting in terms of what you're focusing on is is how the assessment process itself is such an integral it is the candidate experience and the power that that technology can bring to that is is kind of fascinating and driving sort of a lot of these a lot of these shifts. 
walk us through talk us through some of the things that you know you're doing as an organization or, or some of the things that you can offer which speak to the sort of shifts that we're talking about because i think it would really help to contextualize it for people yeah the way we think about it is thinking about it as as a thursday problem and i'll explain what, what i mean by a thursday problem <laughs> um but what is the candidate experience of a, of an applicant that applies to a job on a thursday uh, and the reason why I pick out Thursday is that just based on recruiter workload, someone's not likely to get back to them tomorrow, Friday. Um, and so they're going to have between Thursday, you know, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where the, the if they've got nothing to do and nothing to learn and nothing to interact with, they're going to be back on the job boards looking for other roles, right? And you've got this good candidate there. You've you've got this awesome website, employee brand content, social channels, this, that, whatever, new ATS, mobile apply. You've got all of these things, but they go to apply and they're showing all this intent and then then what do they do like what you know are they waiting around for a human and that's something that doesn't happen in marketing right there's a there's a there's automation behind it and there's interactivity and there's engagement and so um sort of trying to trying to focus on this part of the application process i, I think is really critical because there's a lot of intent there and now it's a and now it's a joint decision making process between the candidate and the company I think a few things that we want to do there one is um, make sure that in in all of the things that we're doing it's not just an assessment they're looking at it is a realistic preview of the culture and the job like we spoke about earlier they can see some of that um, some of those things you know maybe it's not as rehearsed it's more real maybe it shows some of the diversity opportunity and demonstration in it going through the um, going through the task in an automated way to say, hey, look, here's where you are in the process. You've done this. You have you have got through to the next stage and you're doing this automatically and doing that so that a Thursday morning application could be Thursday morning assessment, Thursday afternoon something else, and then all of a sudden um, the candidates are progressing themselves through that pipeline with no intervention from a recruiter. So there's a, there's a huge opportunity there in and of itself to get good candidates off the market and stop them going to your competitors to apply for other jobs, but then giving them that value and that feedback, like you mentioned. And so the introduction of, of personalized video feedback, where it's not just, you know, Hey, you did, you did fine. We'll come back to you. It's a video produced with your name. It says, hi, Matt, thanks for taking this assessment. This is what we've learned about you. Here are the opportunities here. I'm going to give you a bit of feedback and you can tailor that feedback for your company, for the role, for the amount of feedback that you want to give to sort of candidates as well. And that's just mirroring their consumer experiences, right? Where they see short, you know, TikTok or Instagram videos. Um, and so we're just trying to match that consumer experience at that really important part of the applicant funnel, um, and we've got really good feedback so far. And so we're sort of super excited about where these shifts might take our clients, especially. You talked at the beginning about the resilience of talent acquisition teams and everything that they've really had to sort of go through in the last um, in, in the last 18 months. And it's very easy sometimes to, to talk about improving candidate experience. And there's lots of content out there telling people, telling people how to do it. But, but, you know, obviously the reality of the situation is it's still a very difficult time to be in talent acquisition. Things are, things are changing. People are planning for the future. And also we've got these sort of incredibly difficult talent markets all across the world. So just even just the sort of day-to-day hiring of people is, um, is is very very hard. What would your advice be to talent acquisition leaders when it when it comes to improving the candidate experience and this kind of thing? How should they be thinking about it? What could they be doing? And how realistic is that in terms of all the other pressures that they're under? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think it is going to be different for different markets and and sort of companies. But I think as a as a general rule, 
one of the things that we've seen really work is firstly knowing your outcomes, right? N- knowing yourself, knowing your own company and what it is that what are the outcomes that you want to generate both for the candidate and for yourself, I, I think is key. Um, we, we obviously do that right across sort of, um, you know, engagement, efficiency, diversity, quality of hire, et cetera. But knowing those and being really clear about them is the first thing. The second thing is probably just starting small. Uh, I think, again, it's it's sort of moving from candidate experience from being a business case to business as usual and, so, and saying, look, based on what I know about my outcomes, here's what I want to try and um, trying to work in, you know, candidate experience as OPEX rather than CAPEX so that we can, um, we can continually look at maybe parts of the funnel, specific roles, specific opportunities, and then sort of start small and iterate. Um, there is no such thing as candidate experience improvement season anymore uh it is that is 12 months of the year and it's about how we sort of um as a as a recruiting team and that includes the ecosystem of partners uh be it assessment partners like ourselves or ats's or crms um working with your partners to make sure that that opportunity is clear for very specific outcomes and revisiting those uh, on a continual basis sam thank you very much for talking to me matt always a pleasure my thanks to sam whiteman You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow the show on Instagram. You can find us by searching for Recruiting Future. You can search all the past episodes at recruitingfuture.com. On that site, you can also subscribe to the mailing list to get the inside track about everything that's coming up on the show. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next time, and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.